Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Um, wow, what a powerful word it is. And um, we just want to thank God. You know, I was really seeking the word for the Lord, uh, word of the Lord for you guys today. And and um, spending time with him, he was saying to me that they, to get to the place of joy, you know, we need to work through some of those deeper things. Um, and humility, like we know, is the key. So I'm going to take a bit of a deep dive into the scriptures. So Wayne, if you could please put up um, Philippians 2.5. Um, so we'll start reading from there. So it talks about the mind of Jesus as a pattern. And he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. The things of heaven and the things of earth and the things under earth. And it says, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And he says about, let this mind. So, so let me, what is he trying to say? What is he trying to explain about this mind? What is the mind? See, we are body, soul, and spirit. You know, the mind forms part of the soul, your will, and your intellect, right? So this is also the mind which was in Jesus Christ, which tells us that he also had emotions, that he also was like us as a man. But see, in the spirit, who, and then we look at the second verse, and it says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Hey, this is a bit of a juxtaposition here. Wayne, can you put up, please, um, the scriptures, thanks. And it says here, see in the spirit, we know, he knew who he was, right? He knew he was, even though he walked as a man upon this earth. But his soul had to submit to the spirit, See, I know who I am. I know that I'm called by God. I know that I've got Jesus living within me, that I'm marked, I'm a Christian. You know, it's time that you all live and walk as Christians. Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Okay, but this is the thing. This is the path to humility because it says he made himself of no reputation. He, no reputation means that he emptied himself. So Jesus literally emptied himself. He emptied his mind. Because remember, we are still talking about the mind of Christ. That let this mind be in you. So even though I know who I am, whose blood runs through my veins, I empty myself. I empty my mind. The mind of Shemaine needs to be put aside so that the mind of Christ can come in. Now, I'm not talking Buddhist teachings. This is where do not... 
go there. I'm not talking witchcraft. I'm not talking new age where they say you need to empty your mind. That is a very big mistake you can make. But it gives us a pattern. He says, okay, now I'm emptying my mind. I, I, I am making myself of no reputation. Okay. But he took upon himself the form of a servant. So he replaced that with something else, a servant. He could have come as a king. He could have come as something else, but he came as a servant. So this, he replaces the emptiness, right? He replaces the emptiness. There was an exchange with something else, with the mind of, 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 of something else, of a servant. So he speaks of an attitude. It is an attitude that he put upon himself. But here's the key to go from that to humility is he found himself fashioned as a man, not others finding him. It talks about himself in the state of a man, not in the state of the spirit, but in the state of a man. You know, and only in this state could he, what, humble himself. It's only in the state of a man. At any time he could call upon the angels to come down to save him, right? But God came in the flesh. He couldn't, but he had to do it as a man, giving us an example. So remember, we are still talking about the mind of Christ. He cannot get from point A to point B as a man. He had to do it as God. So as a result, this driving force is the obedience. Not any type of obedience, but obedience unto death. See, a seed needs to die before it can bear fruit. Please put up the next scripture. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you in John 12, 24, it says, Except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bears much fruit. So the whole point, if you can catch anything today, it's this, is let this mind be in you. You need to empty yourself. You need to take upon yourself an attitude of a servant. Realize it is in this state that you can humble yourself, which allows you and drives you to die then to self so that the fruit can come forth. So you must take the toxic thoughts, the toxic things, and die to it, right? And even within myself, you know, I had to come to a point where I was even standing in my own marriage and I want to testify of this because testimony is, the, there's a spirit of testimony, a prophecy. So when you testify over every single person and over your life, it becomes alive. So I, 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 even within me, I was standing there and I was having all of these thoughts toward even my own husband. And I was in the, in the bathroom and God was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Holy Spirit, Jesus came in. He's like, you know, there was somebody else who accused in front of my presence. And I was like, whoa, Lord. You mean to say that I am like the devil right here, accusing? Humble yourself. And in that moment, I realized I need to humble myself because that's the only point to joy. See, Jesus had to go, not even humble himself, but humble himself even to the point of the cross 
a crucifying death. I'm like, oh, Lord, you know. But then what? Joy breaks through. Joy came. You know, what was the, it says in the Word, you know, in Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand at the throne of God. Do you know what was the joy that was set before him? Do you know? It was, it was you, it was I. That was the joy that was set before him. That's why he could endure the cross. That is why he could take everything upon us. So I'm telling you here today, maybe it is time that you and I start humbling ourselves, that we start humbling our thoughts. We sit and say, Lord, where's the place that I need to humble myself so that joy can break through? And people I know today that there are people here who are struggling with mental illnesses, but let this mind be in you. Let the, the mind of God come and fill you and take it on. And you know what? After this service, we're going to pray like we always do. We open up this altar and you can come and we can pray for mental illnesses to be broken because even if you're struggling, you know, there's a God who wants to see joy break forth in your life. But there are times that we have to come and say, Lord, maybe I need to die in this place. Maybe I need to die to the things. Maybe I need to die in these toxic thoughts and things that is happening all around. So, my encouragement to you is spend some time with God. Read the Word. Digest the Word. Philippians. I was even looking before. You know, even this graphic. I didn't even, I didn't even think when I made this. I was like, the darkness out of light. I didn't even know when God put it in my hands to create the, 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 the dark, the black and the white, but joy is coming forth. So I pray that you're blessed. And I want to hand over to Pastor Graham and encourage you to come so we can pray for you. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie and Charmaine. Once again, I'm just uh, astounded at the way the Holy Spirit works. We didn't sit down and say, you preach this, I'm preach this. It's funny, even the order, Jackie starts at the top, Shaman in the middle, I'm going to preach the last few verses to a certain extent. So um, God's just amazing how he continually works, what he's doing and, uh, and the likes. I just want to leave you with one very simple little thought this morning and it's a little sermonette I've simply entitled, A Picture of Hope. A Picture of Hope. Of hope comes from the, uh, verses 14 and uh, 15 and 16. Paul writes and he says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain nor laboured in vain. Here's Paul writing to this church. Now, this church at Philippi was more than just 
a group of people. These were his friends. These were people that he'd given his life for practically. Some probably 30 years before he writes this letter, he had visited the city of Philippi and out of a very dark place, and it's interesting Charmaine talked about the, the scripture there about the dark and the light because this is really what this is about. Out of a very dark place, in a time frame that the Romans were ruling and, and the oppression was great and there was great religious hypocrisy and, and, and persecution and the, the devil was rampant in those areas. Out of that time and birthed out of a prison chain, chains, Paul birthed this church now again from a prison soul once again in darkness. He's writing hope. And what Paul is saying to these people, he's saying, I brought a, a word of hope. I brought light into your darkness. And he's saying, now it's your turn to begin to shine. I want you to shine. I want you to be the hope of the world. And Paul says, I just want to make sure that I have not run my race in vain. But when I look at your life, I'm encouraged. I can see what God's doing in your life. God has done a great thing. God wants to bring light and hope into the midst of darkness. Many years ago, uh, many of you may have uh, done this down at Margaret River, that is uh, what we call the Mammoth Caves. Anybody ever been to the Mammoth, Mammoth Caves? Um, you can nod your head, but when, I remember when I went down to the Mammoth Caves, they got, got us down there and two things astounded me. Number one, it was huge. They called it the Mammoth. The cavern was enormous, probably three, four, five times the size of this. And when we got down, the, the, the guide says, I want you to hang on to something, get steady, hang on to something, because I'm going to do something. And he turned out the lights. I'm telling you, black is black is black. You could see absolute, you could feel the darkness in the black there. But the amazing thing is if you got one tiny, tiny little candle and put it in the corner, that light would permeate the darkness. The light would break the darkness. Now, isn't it funny? One tiny, tiny little light can break darkness, but you can have a room full of full of light and you can bring darkness in but the darkness shall not overcome the light aren't you glad for that aren't you glad that that Christ came as the light that's what happened in my life that's what happened in your life many years ago that somebody walked into Sue and my little dark world you know we were stressed out of our brains interest rates were 18 percent oh man interest rates now three and a half percent we were paying 18 yeah, our marriage was a mess. I'm drinking too much, stressed out of our brain. But Loretta came into my office, began to be, she was a born again young girl, began to write a little few scriptures on the thing. And out, out, of, out of my darkness, light began to shine. The Spirit of God began to work in my life. So how do we shine? How, how are we meant to shine? Because Jesus said, behold, I am the light of the world. But then he went on and he said, behold, you are the light of the world. Let your, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I want to look at just one little portion of scripture from Acts chapter 20, uh, 27 written by Paul and this was probably an incident in his life only a few years perhaps before he wrote this scripture. And Paul is on his way to Rome where he's going to be in prison and finally uh, executed there. But he's on a ship, and the ship is stuck in a storm in the middle of the Mediterranean for 14 days. And Paul writes in the midst of this, or he writes about this journey, he says, but after a long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster. Now I urge you to take heart. 
For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God whom I serve and to whom I belong, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart. That word take heart in the, in the King James says, Be of good cheer. Paul says, Be of good cheer. Take heart. For I believe God that it will be just as he said. Then it goes on a little bit further. It says, Therefore I urge you, take nourishment, for this is your survival, since not a hair will fall from your head. And when he had said these things, he took bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken, he began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and took food for themselves. And the story is they all survived. I want you to think of this. In the midst of a depraved and horrible storm, 14 nights, they haven't eaten. It's, it's, it's mayhem out there. The sailors are throwing all their food over, all the uh, tackle and the, the supplies overboard. They're, they're, in, they're in disaster mode. In the midst of that, Paul stands and he's a beacon of light. He's a picture of hope. I want you to look at the world and look at your circumstances now. I want to tell you, all around there is desperate, broken, fearful, needy people. They need a picture of hope. They need somebody to stand in the midst of the storms of their life and saying, you know what, take heart for I know a God who is able to save you. I know a God who worked in my life. And can I encourage you this morning in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of all that's going on around you, we need to be people that can shine the glory of God this morning. So what did Paul declare? How did he shine? What he did is he held forth the word of God. He didn't argue with him. He didn't dispute with him. And our scripture was, talks about do all things without disputing. He didn't do any of those things. What he did, he said, I want to tell you what to do. Last night, there stood by me an angel of God who said, you know, I work in a, in, a, in a mining situation and we have some great debates up there. We talk about what's going on in the world and we talk about all the, the, the conspiracy theories and, and I love to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's good to fill your mind to a certain extent. But can I tell you, that's not our hope. Ten minutes into the conversation, I began to say, you know what, guys, I know what you're saying, but you know what, as, as a Christian believer, you know what, my hope's up here. And I began to talk about the rapture. What I said, what are you talking about? What's the rapture? I, I, I got to testify. I do that many times. You don't have to be some great theologian. You just have to know that there's light in your heart. There's something burning. It you, you, doesn't matter if you've been saved a week, a month, 20 years. It doesn't matter how long you're saved. But if you know Christ, there is a picture of hope. There is life. There is light in your heart that you can begin to bring to people and declare the love and the favour of God to them. See, our hope is not in some vaccine. It's not in what some doctor can bring or some politician or what some billionaire is going to be. But listen, our hope is in a God who 2,000 years ago sent light into the world. His name was Jesus. Our hope is in, is in a Lord and a Saviour who stood upon a bow of a ship and said to a storm, peace, be still, be muzzled. Our hope is in one who laid his hand upon the sick, raised the dead. That's where our hope is this morning. And Bible says you are a picture of hope to the world. You need to go home. Can I encourage you to go home, look in the mirror and say, listen, you're a picture of hope. You're a picture of hope. How many in your family are saved? You've got unsaved family members. You've got unsaved workmates. You've got unsaved friends. Can I say, you're their hope. You're a picture of hope. Can I encourage you this morning? 
be a picture of hope to these people. You know, Jesus says, you will be going through trials. You, you'll have trials and tribulations. But he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Can I tell you, Jesus is coming. I'm telling you, Jesus, the Jews say they hear the Messiah's footsteps. Can you hear the Messiah? He's coming. The Bible, the Bible says and declares when he said, when you see all these things begin to happen, lift up your eyes. Can they tell it? It's time to lift our eyes. But in the meantime, shine. Shine like you've never shined before. I tell you what, there's desperate, broken, needy people looking for hope this morning. And as our brother comes, I just want to leave you this. He's going to give you an opportunity to, to respond to an older. If you, you haven't got the light of God shining in your heart, respond today. And maybe you have got the light, but it's gone dim. Charmaine said it before. If you need prayer this morning, come to the front and people will pray for you today. That that light once again can burst forth in your heart and the spirit of God can be quickened in your life. So thank you. Bless you. Amen. 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 Uh, just, as, uh, just as Luke uh, and Lisa come and join us, we had three incredible, powerful words just delivered by three incredible, uh, I want to call them uh, warriors of our incredible God. Um, what is it from those that spoke to you? Is it about where is your hope? What is your hope set in? Where do we find hope from? Where do we draw from? Is it, uh, what about, maybe it's, maybe it's your mindset. Where, does, where is my mindset at at the moment? Am I buried in my, by my anxiety? Am I buried uh, in my depression? Am I buried in trying to uh, compare myself to other people? What is, where is your mindset at? Maybe, uh, or, or maybe it's like what Jackie talked about, where she talks about the transformation of Paul. I always think about it like this. If, if you had Paul in a real world setting, it would be like going to work on Friday, having Paul, this really scary dude that uh, you try to avoid whenever you go to the bathroom or have lunch, uh, going away for the weekend, coming back on Monday, and Paul goes, oh, hey, by the way, I'm a Christian now. I love God. And you're like, yeah, sure thing, Paul. Like, the transformation in Paul was so incredible that for me personally, I feel like if I had ever encountered him, I would find it hard to believe the transformation. Uh, but I would be a hypocrite because I know the transformation God has done in my life. I know the transformation that God has done in the lives of many other people who have made this decision. And it would be wrong of us not to give you the opportunity to make this decision for yourself. So can I get everybody to stand to their feet with heads bowed and eyes closed? If you're in this place today and for you, you say, yeah, Chris, you know what? Like, I recognise that. I recognise that maybe I feel, maybe I feel like I have no hope. Maybe today I feel like my hope is not found in the eternal, but it's in the temporary things that this world has to offer. 
can I encourage you that God offers us an eternal hope, an eternal freedom. Maybe today you're saying, Chris, my mindset isn't right. You, you know, like I identify, I recognise that. I know that I feel trapped by my thoughts. Maybe I feel trapped by comparison. I feel, I feel trapped and buried. Can I encourage you that when see, in order for seeds to grow, they need to be planted. Being planted and being buried look exactly the same, but produce one produces fruit and one is because of death. Can I encourage you? God has you, God has you in a season where you are planted and not buried. God wants to produce fruit in your life. But maybe there needs to be a mindset shift. And can I encourage you that maybe for you it's like God like I I don't know if you'd even accept me how I am you don't understand what what I've done wrong you don't understand what I've been through you don't understand what's happened to me you don't under you just don't get it can I encourage you that Paul would have been the last person expected to expand God's house or to expand God's church. Yet God used him regardless because he knew that if he could get through Paul, the fruit that Paul would produce would be powerful to the point where he writes most of the New Testament and goes on to impact a massive, we're speaking about Philippians, a letter he penned in the darkness. Whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, we want to give you an opportunity to say, yeah, that's me, God. I, I want to have that transformation. I want to change my mindset. I want to find something to place my hope in, not something that will, will be eaten by, by moths and rust or that will die over time, but something that is eternal. So right now with every head bow and every eye closed,